Amen. Welcome. It's great to be here with you. And um, it's Saturday night in Vero Beach. It's the middle of January. It's towards the end of January. It was the middle of January. It's not the middle of January. It's not the middle of January. I'm somewhere in the future. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's definitely not February, right? No, okay. All right. Well, you know, there's a lot of exciting things coming over the next few weeks. In the very near future, we'll be having our Vision Sunday, where I'm going to be, amen, I'm going to be sharing the future direction we're going to be going in. Our vision has always been the same, which is to bring the fire of God by teaching and demonstrating God's love and power. And um, we're, going to, we're going to be really making that vision known. We're going to write it down and put it everywhere, because that's what we are called to do. I remember so clearly the, the mandate that God gave me concerning coming and planting this church in Vera Beach. And um, I even remember being in a church service where, um, you know, this guy kind of randomly came up to me on a Wednesday night. I was teaching at Revive and um, this man came up to me at the end of the service just after, you know, the Lord had called me to come and plant this church. And he said to me, he said, you're going to go to Vera Beach and you're going to start a fire. And, and I really believe that's what God has called us to do. <clears throat> at the, on, on, Sunday, on Sunday mornings at the moment, I've been busy with a series on the fire of God. So if you haven't been here, I advise you or recommend. I don't advise you. I recommend you go and listen to them because they are, they are helpful in understanding what the fire of God really is, what it means. Why should we even have the fire of God? And tomorrow morning, I'll be teaching on strange fire, more than likely, unless God changes it between tonight and tomorrow morning. But that is the plan. So come out for that. I believe it'll be, it'll be um, encouraging and it'll equip you. Amen. This evening, um, I believe the Lord has given me a word, um, and I'm excited about it, to teach it to you. There's going to be a lot of changes at Oceans. Why don't you like it the way it is? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> and uh, the changes, I believe, are very exciting. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we teach people that come here, you know, how to sustain that fire that God places in their hearts, how to be a lamp of fire. A light. Jesus has called us to be lights, to be a light in this world. That that light should shine. It should not be hidden. And that's what this fire is all about. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, that's not my message. But this is what we're going to be doing and focusing on over the next course of the next few months as we as we transition into what oceans will look like in the coming years. So I'm very excited about that. Tonight's message is entitled "Understanding God's Forgiveness." Understanding God's forgiveness. I think that um, many people don't understand or comprehend God's forgiveness. And I think as a believer, it is absolutely vitally important for you to have a revelation of the forgiveness of God, what His forgiveness really looks like and what it really means to you and I. 
Some Christians don't even believe they need forgiveness once they've been saved. The reality is, is forgiveness is something you will need throughout your walk with God. Forgiveness is something that we all need desperately. You know, as a pastor, it's very difficult, my job, because we so desperately want to equip you, strengthen you, and encourage you. But at the same time, it's very clear in Scripture that we should warn you. And two weeks ago, I taught out of the book of Jude, and I I told you about Jude's warning to the church, and there were some things there that he made clear to us. People don't like to be told about sin. And we don't need to focus on sin because the truth is, if you, if you sin, you know it. You already know it. So we really don't need to focus on it. But it is important sometimes when it's taught through the Word that the Holy Spirit will convict because that's what He does. He's a, he convicts us. He, he stirs our heart. He draws us closer to God. He wants to change us. And, but the reason why He does this is not because God wants to spoil your fun. The truth is, is that God has these things in his word where he says we shouldn't do certain things because he loves us. The Bible says the wages of sin, it's death. It, it, it's destructive. It brings harm to us. So God has set up an order in scripture to make sure that he would be able to deal with your sin. At the same time, wanting to encourage you to, to draw closer to him because the closer you draw to him, the more you will have a desire not to sin. But whether you like it or not, you probably will sin. Let's go to John 1. We'll pick it up in verse number 8. First John 1, sorry. First John 1, verse number 8. Listen to what the Bible says. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. He's writing this letter to us, and he's telling us, listen, the first thing I want you to know here is that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So the truth is, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we strive, no matter our desire, the truth is because of the nature that lies within us, our fleshly sinful nature, we are going to sin at some point. Sorry. That means that if you're sitting there and you think, well, I have no sin in my life, I've got news for you. The Bible tells you that you are deceived. You are deceived. It's not a matter of, well, maybe you're really close or maybe you're just like very special. No, you sin. You will sin. Now, obviously, you know, this is not now, oh, well, we're all gonna sin, so let's just all sin. That's not what it's saying at all. And that's why it's so important for us to understand that sin, sin, there's consequences for sin. The, the, the area that the enemy attacks Christians in are the areas where doors are left open, where authority is given. That's why this evening's message is so vitally important to you, for you, because it will empower you 
to never stay in that place where you're living a life of sin where the enemy can actually affect you and attack you. Can you put the piano just a tiny bit louder? Not a lot, just a tiny bit. Thank you so much. Are you guys, is the sound okay for you? Okay, we have, we, have a, we have Danny here visiting us. Thank you, Danny, for helping over there with Caleb. He's doing a great job. We're trying really hard to get everything, you know, really good. Amen. We want it to be awesome. Is that okay? If you don't think God, God likes awesome, go read your Bible. He, you know, the tabernacle was built with awesomeness and awesome stuff. You know, that's how he did it. You know, when, when, when the prophet called for musicians, he said, bring me a skilled musician. He didn't say, bring me someone that could just jam. So there is a standard that's required. And the church should have that standard. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth is at some point, in some way, you'll sin, whether it be how you live sometimes and things you do, whether it be things that you watch, whether it be things that you say, whether it be things that you think, whether it be your attitude, your heart, in some way, we will at some point sin. And every single one of us will have to deal with that when it comes. The Bible tells us in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. Everybody say all. And fall short of the glory of God. So the truth is, no matter what we do, we must understand that this is something that we, we will have to deal with. We will have to deal with it. So what happens now? Because we realize that at some point in our, in our life, in, 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 you know, in six months, in maybe three months, within three months, maybe within a month, Perhaps maybe a week, you know, you know, perhaps it's maybe a day. For some of you, 15 minutes ago. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go back to 1 John 1, 8. I want to show you this. This is so powerful. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now watch. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You need to understand that you will sin and that God wants to forgive you and cleanse you from that sin. And we're going to talk about that this evening. But there is a key that you must understand. There is, there is, there is a key. There is a, a tool. There is something that God has given to us that will enable us to receive this forgiveness, this cleansing to get rid of the sin in our lives. And he tells us, he says, if we confess. So the reality is, is if you're living in sin, and I want you to know that at some point you are. You are, you and I are, at some point we sin. The truth is, is that if we want it to be dealt with, the way that we deal with it is by going to God and confessing our sin. So confession, confessing to Him, is the key to receiving forgiveness from God. Let's go to Psalm 32, verse 5. Psalm 32, verse 5. Look at what the psalmist says. He says, 
I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess. Everyone say confess. I will confess my my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And this is Old Testament, guys. But even back then, one of the keys to forgiveness and walking in right standing with God would be to come before Him to acknowledge our sin, to not hide our iniquity, and then to come before the God and ask for forgiveness, confess our trespasses, and He will remove them. I mean, that's amazing. I know this sounds basic, but I need you to understand that there is so much today that is taught that is contrary to this. You don't have to confess. You don't have to do that. No, you do. If you want to walk in freedom, if you want to experience breakthrough, if your relationship with God is important, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. I cannot breathe, live, think, if I don't feel like, if if things aren't good between me and God, if I'm feeling in any way like there's any hindrance between, between me and God, I can't handle it. It's the most important thing. It is the most important thing. You think, you think that your job and all of that, nothing is, is, is as important as your relationship with God. Every blessing, everything you have comes from the Father of lights. All authority, all power, all dominion, it all belongs to Him. And He is the one who blesses. He is the one who, who, who restores. He is the one who heals. He is the one who can bless us in ways that nothing else possibly could. He is the one who gives us peace. He is the one who gives us strength. He is the one who gives us rest. And the only way you will experience those things is in relationship with God. I want you to know that when we live in sin, it's our sin that affects our relationship with God because most of the time when we do it, we don't feel worthy. Don't worry, I didn't fall off the stage. (laughs) Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Listen to this. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. They will receive mercy. Again, we see that the key here to experiencing that mercy is to confess. Confess to who? Confess to God. If you want forgiveness from sins, hear me out now. If you want forgiveness from sins, the only one you need to confess to is God. He is the one that we confess to for forgiveness. Now, the Bible does tell us in the book of James that if we confess our trespasses once to another and pray for one another, we can be healed. There are certain things that your soul needs healing from, that speaking to somebody else helps you with. But I want you to know that in terms of forgiveness, forgiveness from sins, you only have to go to God for that forgiveness. He forgives you. There's no question about that. Let me show you something real quick. Let's go, let's go back to 1 John 1.9. Watch this now. 1 John 1.9. So we understand that 
we sin. At some point, we will sin. He says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. So we need to understand that God is faithful and that He is just. In other words, listen, the Bible tells us that if we sin, which we're going to do, because if we don't, we're deceived. If we don't believe we do, we're deceived. So in other words, there is a requirement that in order for you to, be, to deal with your sin, you must be in relationship with God because if you're not in relationship with God, you're not gonna be confessing anything. So confession is a form of relationship because it means that you have to go to God. Another thing about confession that's very powerful is that confession is a form of humility. Because if you go to God, listen to me and say, Lord, if I've done anything, please forgive me. No, that's great. And listen, there are things that you've done that you don't even know. So you can say that. But if you know you lied, don't go and say, Lord, if I did anything. You know, rather go and say, Lord, you know, that lie that I told, please forgive me. What's that? Humility. And God gives grace to the humble. Come on, somebody. He gives grace to the humble. He is faithful and just to forgive those who confess. Why is this so important? Because Hebrews 6.18 tells us this. So God has given both His promise and His oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have, who have, who have, who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. You need to understand that God cannot lie. It is impossible for Him to lie. That means that we can know that if we go before Him and we truly confess and we repent in His presence, you need to know that your sins have been forgiven you. Come on, somebody. Your sins have been forgiven you. Numbers, 30, uh, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man. So he does not lie. He is not human. So he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken to and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Come on, guys. That's the God we serve. So when you see in the Bible that it says, listen, he says, if you confess your sins, he is just and he is faithful. He will forgive you your sins. Then guess what? Try it. Try it. See, the problem is some people don't want to confess because they don't have a relationship with God. Raising your hand and, 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 and saying a prayer is not relationship. Even the demons believe, the Bible says. And the truth is that they tremble. They tremble. Do we? But I've come to realize that I need His mercy. I need His, I need His forgiveness. And, and, and you must understand that my sin is far less than yours. <laughs> I don't sin like you at all. I'm like Paul, I glow in the dark. <laughs> the reality is you will never know what I struggle with. And I will never know what you struggle with. But the enemy is aware of where you fall short. 
and wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But God sent His Son to the cross so that you could have life and life more abundant. So that even when you make a mistake, you can be forgiven. You can be cleansed. You can be washed. You can be healed. You can be strengthened. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a shout in this place. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He is faithful. He is just. He will forgive you. Not He might forgive you. Well, Pastor Alex, you know, what if I committed? Listen, friend, if you even are able to get to a posture of true repentance, you are fine. Because the one who convicts is the Holy Spirit. So you wouldn't feel repentive, sorry, remorseful, unless he was convicting you. Please answer me this. Would the devil really get you into a posture of, Lord, I'm sorry? Come on. It's the heart that turns. The most dangerous place to be is to be in the place where you think you've arrived. And that you do not make mistakes. Each and every one of us do. Each and every one of us need a reminder of God's forgiveness towards us. And that He is faithful and that He is just to forgive us our sins. Watch this. Isaiah 43 verse 25 says this. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Yeah, well, you know, you know, there's that time. Yeah, well, you know, Pastor Alex, you know, you know, um, you know, you remind us of our sins. I'm not God. He doesn't remember anything you've done. When you sin, the Bible says that He blots it out. He doesn't hold it against you. If you've come before Him and repented for your sins, if you've repented, if you've come before Him and repented, I want to say, I know I sound a little repetitive in saying it, but I want you to get it. If you truly do it, if you confess, you must understand that you will receive that forgiveness. And he will blot it out like it wasn't even there. Well, you know, I did that once before and, you know, I think by now I'm disqualified. Who do you think is telling you that? If you're sitting here and you have even the slightest conviction in your heart, you cannot be disqualified. You cannot be. He blots out your sin. He removes your transgressions. Oh, and it gets even better. We're gonna get there in a minute. So I need you to understand that the first thing is we have to confess. When we confess, He is good and faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us. We have to rely and trust in that faithfulness. But I want you to see something. Let's go back to 1 John 1. Verse number nine. 1 John 1, verse number nine. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, you must understand something. When God forgives, He forgives us our sins. The reason why He forgives us our sins is because Jesus has paid the price. The punishment was put on Him. That's why He's faithful. He's faithful to what He has done. He is faithful. The price has been paid. There is no lamb necessary to be slaughtered for your sin anymore. So when you come before Him and you cry out to Him and you confess your sins towards Him, He is faithful and just. He will, he will remove your sin. He will cleanse you from it. Come on, somebody. So we must understand that he's, he's gonna forgive. The first thing he will do is he will forgive us of our sins. Jesus bore our guilt. When we believe in Jesus and confess our sins to him, it's removed. But that's not all he does, guys. And this I love so much. Not only will he forgive us our sins, but he will cleanse us from all. Everyone say all. What does that mean? If he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, what does that mean? mean about you? It means that you have been cleansed, that you are holy because He's removed what? Righteousness? Unrighteousness? All. So if you have no unrighteousness in you, that makes you holy. That makes you cleansed. That makes you new. Come on, people. Come on. You have to understand this is not something that you have earned. This is, not, this is not something that you did. This was done because He is just and He is faithful. And the price has been paid on your behalf to not only remove your sins, but to also take away all your uncleanness, to take away all your unrighteousness, which means that you don't have any spot. You don't have any blemish. You don't have any scars. They can all be removed. There is no filth on you. There is no dirt on you. There is no pollution on you. There is no more contamination on you. You're not carrying the stain of that sin anymore. The punishment was upon him. He has removed your sins. He is faithful. Come on, somebody say he is faithful. He is faithful. Not a single stain, not a single spot remains. We stand before Him. One commentator said this, we stand before Him sinless and perfect. What? We are not perfect, but it's because of His righteousness. Because when we go before Him, that's why you must understand the power of forgiveness. That's why the only condition to forgiveness is forgiveness. You have to forgive to be forgiven. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. You must understand the power of it. That's why the enemy hates forgiveness. That's why when you are forgiven, he has no authority. And when you forgive, he has no authority. Because the penalty has been paid. You see, in the realm of the spirit, it's not like the realm of the natural. In the realm of the spirit, the laws apply 100%. And it has been sealed in blood. Redemption and forgiveness has been sealed in blood. So God says, right, let me tell them what to do so they can walk out that forgiveness. What do we have to do? We have to confess. We have to confess. Lord, I want you to be part of everything I do. I want you to be a part of every activity, every conversation. 
That's why when I come before you, however you do it, that's, you don't have to be like me. I have my way. I love to worship. I love to be in His presence. And when I'm in His presence, I speak to Him. I can do that different ways, but we're all different. We all connect with God a little differently. The way some of you connect with God, I could never do that. But when I get in His presence and I begin to speak to Him about the things going on in my life, if there's something that's a hindrance, I wanna go before Him. You think He doesn't know your thoughts? He knows every thought. He even knows it before you think it. He knows everything about you guys. So going before him and confessing to him is just such an enforcement of that relationship with him. And it's all been paid for. He is just, he is faithful to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So why is it that so many Christians carry shame? Why is it that they hold on to those things from the past? It is not your burden to carry anymore. He took it. Don't take it back. So confess it to Him. If it's something that happened to you or something that you did and you know, listen, the Holy Spirit is so faithful, guys. If there is something you need to confess, He will tell you if you have a relationship with Him, if you're willing to be led by Him, if you open your ears and desire to hear Him. There's so many voices speaking to us all the time. So many things coming at us from every different direction. What do you choose to listen to? I said to my family this weekend, you know, there's, you know, there's so much junk on TV. We've got to be so careful what we look at. You know, we have VidAngel. I don't know if anyone knows what VidAngel is. But VidAngel is the thing that takes out all the cuss words, all the bad scenes and all of that. But some movies are just garbage. With it filtered or not filtered. Amen. I mean, it's just, it's just the spirit behind it is just, uh. So what are you filling your mind with? What are you filling your heart with? Amen. I'm not looking at in any direction. <laughs> Listen, she gets upset because I liked Star Wars. Note, liked Star Wars. Okay, I'm not gonna get into that. Oh, this is a bad one to start. Okay. Your biggest hindrance, one of your, one of your biggest hindrances will be not believing that God has truly forgiven you. Let me show you one more thing and then, we, and then we're done. I said to the Lord when I got this message, Lord, what is the word? What is your word? What, what do you want to say to your people? And he gave me the scripture and I knew instantly that this was the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to you tonight, church. Whether you're sitting here or watching online, listen to this, Isaiah 44, 22. He says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions 
and like a cloud your sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. I I believe that there are people maybe in the building or watching online this evening that you've felt like God doesn't forgive you or hasn't forgiven you. But I want you to know that He has already redeemed you and is more than willing to forgive you. Has already forgiven you. But this evening, I want you to take a moment. We're gonna take a moment right now. We're gonna bow our heads. If there's anything that you need to say to Him, you don't have to say it to me or to anybody. If there's anything you need to say to Him, say it to Him now. Father, we come before You tonight. It's not complicated at all. Your Word is true and You are not a liar. We know that You are faithful and just. But Your Word says that if we confess. So tonight, we come before You, Lord. Some of us carry a lifetime of things that we need to bring before You. Some of us can't remember things, but you're, you are good and faithful. If there's anything, you'll remind us. But I pray a blanket prayer over everyone this evening in this place, over everyone watching online. And I include myself in this, in this prayer, Lord. Holy Spirit, reveal to us anything that we need to confess. And Father, if we have in any way grieved you, sinned against you, Father, forgive us. Right now, if you need to say anything to the Lord, take a moment and just do it now. Just do it right now. Father, tonight in this place, I am so grateful that we can have a confidence that your word is truth and that no matter what, Lord, if we come before you tonight and we lay our burdens down, we humble ourselves and pray, we seek your face, we confess our sins to you. You are good and faithful. You are trustworthy. You will forgive us. Not only will you forgive us, but you will cleanse us also. So I pray tonight over the whole congregation, Lord. Whatever it is, let this be the last time they think about it. Let that pain, let that hurt, whatever it is that they're carrying, Lord, let it be removed from them tonight. Let your peace that surpasses understanding 
flood the hearts and minds of each and every person in this place. And we know that it's not by might or power, but it's you, Holy Spirit. So we ask you right now to move powerfully, to move powerfully over each and every person in this place. Lord, I pray that not one person would listen to the condemnation that the devil tries to bring to separate us or to cause our relationship with you to feel like it's been hindered or, or, or stopped in some way. I come against that lie of Satan. I come against every satanic suggestion, every lie of the enemy. I silence you now. I command you to be still in the hearts and minds of every person. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would flood them right now. Flood them right now, Lord. We honor you and we love you. And we thank you for your mercy, for your, for your grace, and for your forgiveness. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's just remain in this posture for just a moment. Let's just worship Him just for a moment in this atmosphere. Father, we thank you for your presence this evening. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching each and every person in this place. Let us never be the same again. Let us draw closer to you. We honor you and we love you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Amen. I'm gonna open up the altar. If there's anybody that needs prayers, my, my pastors and some of our leaders will be up here to pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful and peaceful night. Go and know that you are forgiven, that you are made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.